the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it seems like a lot of people are traveling this Thanksgiving, um, which is a little sign of life. Our daughter Callie and her fiancé Ben visited us last weekend for an early Thanksgiving. And traveling in this age of, you know what, not going to say it, can be anxiety-producing because of all the extra hassles, precautions, just feeling unsure of what's happening. And when she texted from the airport, all checked in and in the security line, it started me thinking about security. The definition of security is the state of being free from danger or threat. And I started ruminating on that and thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could get in a line that would give you 100% security if you were actually going through security? not just a pat down and a hands over your head robot scan. What if you could go through security and come out the other side feeling non-anxious, grounded, secure, confident, assured? Whatever term you would like to use for that feeling of security today. Well, when we talk about security, of course, our thoughts automatically go to our insecurities. The definition of insecure is not firmly fixed, liable to give way or break. We are feeling insecure, not firmly fixed, liable to give way or break. We are all a bit neurotic these days, which actually means exceedingly anxious. The post office, banks, government, schools, stores, courts, you name it, we have lost faith in it. It's even hard to get a human on the phone because of the labor shortage. The supply chain crisis is feeding all of our fears that we won't have enough for Christmas. We are not feeling safe and secure. Our insecurity is constantly scanning the horizon, though, for a source of security, something that will make us feel okay again, to stop that internal hum that is on a loop that telegraphs us that we are not enough, that we are not up to the challenge of living, that this is too much. You know, Franz Kafka calls this our feeling of inconsequentiality, and he explores this in his book, The Trial. Joseph K., who was the main character, wakes up one morning accused, surrounded by people accusing him of an unnamed crime, and they arrest him. And as he's just shuffled through the system, through these, there's lots of great black and white movies about this. One of them has Orson Welles in it, where they just go through big rooms full of people, have no names, no um, identification. He just feels inconsequential in the world. Um, No one will tell him what he's committed, but he believes himself innocent, but he has this vague sense of being guilty that haunts him, like, I must have done something. Well, in some ways, that mirrors our experience of the last few years, like this sense of foreboding and feeling untethered glides through our thoughts. We just want it to stop. Like, how do we make this stop? We are not able to make it stop because it is an ancient ingredient in the primordial soul soup of being human. We cannot make ourselves okay by ourselves. Our efforts to keep our insecurity under wraps and numb it ourselves is legend. We talk about it from this pulpit every week, despite the evidence that we are ineffectual. You know, Christians are Advent people. This is the first Sunday of Advent, because we are yearning for God to fix things. We are always looking forward into a future to dispel the darkness, 
And yet at this time, we are stymied by this disruption. On this first Sunday of Advent, as the light wanes and the darkness increases daily, we are given the prophet Jeremiah to light our way. His words are a gift from God to us. You know, the biblical chapter heading on our lectionary today is Things You Could Never Figure Out on Your Own. That's just before this reading in Jeremiah. Eugene Peterson says of Jeremiah, In looking for a companion who has lived through catastrophic disruption and survived with grace, biblical people more often than not come upon Jeremiah and receive him as a true, honest, and God-revealing companion for the worst of times. So why is that? Well, Jeremiah was the prophet who was called by God to warn the people of Israel of the inevitable invasion of Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon and the fall of Jerusalem in 587 BC. Not only did the people ignore him, but he's thrown in jail by King Zedekiah for being a negative Nelly. We don't want to hear it. So they put him in jail. Jeremiah writes these texts from prison, telling us that God's word, even though they've put him in prison, and he's watching it happen from his prison cell, he's watching Nebuchadnezzar come to the, to the surroundings and knock him down. People in Jerusalem had completely wiped out their own homes to build up the walls, thinking that that would keep Nebuchadnezzar out, but it does not. So as Jeremiah is writing from prison, he tells us that God's word can find us anywhere while pounding the drum of God's promises. Old Testament scholar Terry Fretheim, who was my professor of Old Testament, tells us that the irony of Jeremiah is that God's words about freedom and spaciousness are voiced in the midst of restriction and confinement. God has this future in place before the fall had even occurred. He sent Jeremiah knowing God's promises span the destruction of Jerusalem and carry the people through. You know, there's a hauntingly beautiful painting by Rembrandt called Jeremiah Mourning the Destruction of Jerusalem. I highly recommend that you look it up. The wizened and grief-stricken prophet with silvery thinning hair with a light shining on his head, a very straggly beard, sits on a rocky slope while Jerusalem burns behind him. You know, Rembrandt was a genius at painting emotions and expressing mood with lighting. And there is an awareness of the darkness of grief, really coupled with light from a heavenly source on Jeremiah. Rembrandt has captured a man who knows the self-centeredness of humans and our penchant for distrusting God. And yet, and yet, he gives a word of tenacious hope. Tenacious hope that transform the, transforms the character of our waiting. It doesn't remove it. The words of Jeremiah from prison are a straight line to our advent today because it proclaims Christ's birth as the righteous branch to spring up for David. Jeremiah declares, the Lord is our righteousness, not us. The Lord is our righteousness. And that will be the name of the branch that springs up from the stump of Jesse, 
And Isaiah 11:1 1 tells us, Then a shoot will spring up from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from its roots will bear fruit. A stump is what is left after a tree has been cut down and is dead. New life springing from a stump is what God's promise is to us through the scripture. Walter Brueggemann wrote that the promises of Jeremiah 33 join together the resolve of heaven and the future of earth. So Jeremiah asks us, where is your security? There is not a what in this world that can cure your insecurity. There's only a who. The Lord is your righteousness, your okayness, your only security. Jesus' death on the cross was the light in the middle of the darkness that secured your future with God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, and Jeremiah came as Jesus Christ and went through the line in hell to give us his security, his promise of fidelity, and his life. A promise made and a promise kept by God to be with us. Jeremiah 29, 11 reminds us, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God had this future in place before there was a world, before there was you. His promises are trustworthy and secure. The same proclamation is given to us today as was given to Jeremiah. In the midst of darkness, light is about to break in. In the midst of despair, hope erupts. Christ secures us. So I'd like to close with the lyrics of one of our beautiful Advent hymns. It's the only time that we can sing these beautiful hymns in Advent. We really treasure those at Christ Church. This one is called, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus. Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every nation longing heart. Amen.